Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs uh, 16. We're going to start in verse 17 here. It says this, The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. Let's say that again. The instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Father God, I just want to lift you up tonight. I pray that you would give me wisdom and uh, the words to speak tonight. I pray that you would uh, open up our hearts to learn new things um, and to just dive deeper into the wisdom that you have for us. In your name, amen. So we have uh, we, the past session, we went over uh, basically the first eight chapters, first eight or nine chapters of Proverbs. And there's a few terms that we want to remind you of, Okay. Uh, Now, the terms are basically pictures of people that we see in Proverbs, okay? So the first person that we find in Proverbs is this person called the simple. The simple is a young and or inexperienced person. Now, Proverbs doesn't condemn this person uh, unless they ignore advice, okay? So the simple person is basically where we all start out. We all start out at zero. They haven't had anything. Nothing's happened to them. They're young. They're immature. It's normal. It's okay. The whole purpose of Proverbs is to take you from simple to wise. Okay? The second person is the fool. Now, the fool is... Now, when I think of a fool, I think of YouTube and staring at a guy jumping off of a rooftop with a skateboard, and it's not working out. That's what I think of when I hear fool. But Proverbs, the fool is a person who chooses to find his guidance or wisdom someplace besides the instructions of God. Okay? The third person. The third person is the wicked person. Now, the wicked person is someone who knows and chooses to act in ways that reject the wisdom of God. They're the adulterer, the drunkard, the liar. These are all people that have chosen to walk away. Even though they know Scripture, they know what God has said for their life, they know exactly what has happened, they choose to walk away. They choose to go towards uh, to evil, to the things that God has said. These are kind of off limits. We don't want you to go down that. It's for your safety. We're trying to keep you safe. But they chose to go down that road. Okay? The, th- the fourth person is the evil person. Now, this person is not only the, the wicked, but this person who hurts others 
in their wickedness, or they try to influence others to wickedness. That's the difference between a wicked person and an evil person. The evil person knows that they're wicked and they're trying to gather more people over to wickedness, okay? The fourth person is, uh, the fifth person is the righteous. Those who keep the moral law under grace, people covered by Christ. The sixth person is the wise, or those who accept God's instruction and, and, okay, and do as he instructs. You have to have both. We know a lot of people that accept what God says and then live a very different lifestyle when nobody's looking, okay? The wise person will accept what God says. They'll accept the instruction of Christ. They'll accept the wisdom that they read. They'll accept the wisdom from wise counselors, and they will do it. That's the key. You have to have both. We're all faced with people like this. We've all met people who fall into one of those categories. Please don't name names. <laughs> That's not the purpose, okay? Now, it's not just people that fall into these categories. It is places, it is mindsets, it is ideas. You know, we can buy into all of these things that might fall under a simple-minded concept and we have bought wholeheartedly into and yet that mindset, that concept has not had any experience. It might be a wicked or an evil concept and we have no idea because we're being deceived. That's why we have to be rooted in scripture. That's why we have to be so close to God that we're hearing those little things where God's just saying, hey, be careful here, okay? Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful what you're uh, ingesting into our lives. It doesn't have to be just from people. It can be from the things that we are consuming. So tonight, uh, well, over the next few weeks, we're gonna go over all of those things and more in depth, okay? But tonight, we are going to be going over two things. Uh, the first thing is the role of counsel in our life. And the second thing is the call to character, okay? So, the role of counsel in our life. What is counsel? Counsel is any instruction, criticism, advice, discipline, or rebuke that leads us in a specific direction. We are all being counseled in something. Whether we know it or not, somebody is counseling us. Something is counseling us. So, who are my counselors? Who are our counselors? Counselors are people, places, ideas, mindsets that we allow to influence our decisions. They may fall under the fool, they may fall under the wicked, they may fall under evil. Hopefully they all fall under wise, or they may fall under simple. How many of you sleep with a fan at night? Yeah? I know it's a weird question, it's okay. I sleep with a fan at night. For me, it's great, creates some uh, breeze and some white noise. Uh, you know, it, it really helps to drown out the raccoons and, <laughs> no, they're gone, it's okay. Uh, 
always slept with a fan at night, yeah? Um, it started probably when I was uh, younger. My brother always had a fan on. Uh, you know, throughout my entire life, we, I grew up in a kind of a very small home. There were six of us, one bathroom, and uh, the three boys all shared a room upstairs, okay? That gives you a picture of my house. Um, <clears throat> sorry. There was one night where I realized something, and I, I learned something uh, the hard way, okay? Imagine this. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody is dead asleep. And all of a sudden, you hear gunshots going off in the room, okay? Bang, 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 bang. I wake up instantly angry because I'm a teenager, and who would dare wake me up in the middle of the night? My brother, who of course sleeps with a fan, had kicked the fan, what I didn't tell you was this is a metal fan, with a metal grate, kicked it, so the grate was inside of the fan, creating the loudest noise you have ever heard in your life. Woke the entire house up. My brother, after kicking it, starts screaming at the top of his lungs, ah! right? I'm sitting there angry, ah, why? And my other brother is sitting there going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what's happening? He thinks there's demons in the room. We grew up Pentecostal, it's okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we hear barreling up the stairs, and my dad shows up, flicks the lights on, and all his glory right there at 2 a.m. I'll never unsee that. <laughs> Runs over to the fan, rips it out of the wall, and throws it across the room. It's the funniest story that has ever happened to my family. I will always remember it, and it will always be seared into my brain. <laughs> I learned that day that, of course, metal fans, if you have a metal fan that's a box fan, just throw it away. Don't, don't have it. You know, it, it, it will not benefit you. Go get a plastic one, it's okay. We have a lot of advice coming at us, and sometimes it's simple advice. But the role of counsel protects us from metal fan moments or learning the hard way. My family learned the hard way that a metal fan will wake you up at 2 a.m. and sounding like gunshots. It's not a great thing. It scares everybody. Turn with me to Proverbs 19.20. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. A wise counselor will take their past experiences and turn it into nourishment for others. They take the things that they have, the things that they've gone through, and use it to help other people. That's what a wise counselor would do. That's the people that we need to be around. And we've been around a lot of people that will freely give advice, and yet they have not been through experiences. They've not been through the maturity process. 
We need to be around people who have gone through it with wisdom. They have gone through it uh, biblically and following the instruction of God. Those are the people we need to be around. In Proverbs 15, 22, it says, Without counsel, plans fail, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Wisdom helps, us to, helps to protect us from dangerous decisions. How many of you guys uh, remember being a teenager? Did any of you guys do something really dumb, put you in a dangerous position? Yeah? We were... Uh, I'm mean, gonna three things. One, I was a PK, okay? So boredom breeds creativity. Yeah? Sometimes it's not a great thing. So imagine this a bunch of PKs all at the church, uh, and you have a very large snowbank, a rope, a sled, and a car. It's not a great situation. Don't do that. Wisdom. Of course, we were not using wisdom at the time, which my dad firmly let me know in that moment uh, that that was not the wise decision to do because it was my car. I had the ability to stop that. Um, wisdom protects us from dangerous decisions, and sometimes wisdom comes out as common sense. Usually, they're the little things in our life that make the biggest difference. Wise counsel helps to put up the proper guardrails in our life. It keeps us protected. It keeps those things, those safeguards around our life. And sometimes those are the most important times to have those guards up. Because when we get into situations where our character is compromised, those little bits of wisdom that are safeguarding us will protect us when things are about to go really wrong. It's important to have wise counsel around us it helps us in those situations where we may not know what to do. And usually it's something simple, like, hey, if, uh, when it comes to relationships, don't be together after like 11 o'clock or something. Don't be at night by yourselves. It's not smart. You're gonna compromise the integrity that you've built up over the lifetime of your relationship, over the lifetime of your walk with Christ. And it could be in an instant. So wisdom and counsel helps to allow somebody else to speak into our life to give us a perspective that we don't have. It gives us insight into those guardrails and what we need to set up. The role of counsel keeps us healthy. Turn with me to Proverbs 25, 12. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. In Psalms 141.5, it says, Let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. And back in Proverbs 12.1, it says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. Sometimes counsel hurts. You know, we've all been in those situations where we've had somebody that speaks uh, brutally honest to us, where uh, we don't really like it. 
You know, but sometimes those are the very conversations that we need in our lives. Those are the very people we need because they see something that we don't. And uh, hopefully we let our pride down, we allow them to speak into our life and protect us from situations that we shouldn't be going in. Healthy living is a discipline. It takes time to get there. It takes time, it takes counsel. Um, how many of you guys have tried to go to the gym? Yeah? Tried to go to the gym. We had a gym at our college. Uh, and the problem was that I didn't know anything in the gym. So I would go in there, try to lift weights and probably break something. Uh, we, we need counselors to help us to figure out what all those machines do, right? We need people, that's why they have trainers on site at Planet Fitness, you know? It's to help people to get to where they want to be. I'm not gonna wake up with a six pack tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. It takes effort and it takes coaching. So having people, having counsel in our lives keeps us healthy, it keeps us accountable, and it keeps us moving in the right direction. You know, that's why we have those people around us. Sometimes it's a pastor, sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's uh, fill in the blank. But it has to be one of those wise people that we talked about. We need to be careful about who is training us. Because if, they, if you have a soccer coach that's trying to teach football, it's not gonna work. They would be pretty simple in their mindset. It's just not gonna happen. It's, it's foolish, right? The people that we want to be training us are the people that understand us, that know us, and are biblically sound. We have to make sure that they're accepting and doing God's instruction. The next point is that the role of counsel brings us closer to God. Oswald Chambers says this, we should get in the habit of continually seeking his counsel on everything instead of making our own common sense decisions and then asking him to bless them. Really hard. <laughs> I can remember many times in my life where I'm just like, oh, I need to be praying about that situation because it's happening. So I'm gonna make a decision now and I'll pray about it later. We need to make sure that we're getting counsel and our, the first place we should seek counsel is scripture. It's the first place. God's word, he's given, it, given us his word for everyday life. It's not just for when we're in the struggles. It's not just for when we're in temptation. It's ju not just for when we're in the middle of uh, trial. It's for everyday decisions. That's why we have this series. It's the art of living. You don't live on mountaintops. You live in the valley. Proverbs 15, 31 through 33 says, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is, the inst is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. God has given us wisdom in his scriptures, and 
that first place that we need to go to is his word. We need to be praying for wisdom. We need to be praying that God gives us counsel. Sometimes it's in the form of when you're reading in your daily devotions and the words just pop out. You just know that this is for me today. I know that this is gonna, something's gonna happen where I'm gonna have to know this by heart. I'm gonna have to know this heart and soul. Everything in me has to know that because I'm gonna have a situation today that it's gonna impact somebody's life or it's gonna impact my life or it's gonna impact something that's important. Other times it's somebody else that's just coming up and just saying hi and they have a, a normal advice for you and God's like, hey, you need to listen to that. That's exactly what I have for you in this moment. It applies to everything that you've been praying for over the past month. Listen to my voice. If you can hear me, listen. God's always out there. He's speaking to us and we have to have the ears to hear. The role of counsel brings us closer to God. lastly here in the role of counsel is that it strengthens our relationships. Um, when I was a teenager, um, I was involved in lots of things. We had a small church, uh, but I was probably involved in too many things. Um, and I wasn't at a place in my life where I probably should have been involved in some of those things. I was teaching Sunday school. I was a leader. I was doing uh, different things. I was too young for that. And my youth pastor had to take me aside and just kind of confront me. He had one of those, you know, come to Jesus moments where like, hey, you've been trying to do this on your own and you have not asked for help at all. Why? You know, he was just calling out the pride in my life, right? There's moments when people are going to come around us and they're going to say something, they're going to do something, and it's just going to, like, oh my goodness, it's like a light shone on a dark place that I, I can't see myself. What he was doing was protecting me because it was impacting my friendships. It was impacting my social life. And so him coming around and giving me that wise counsel was helping my relationships. It was helping to create a healthy environment for me. We need people in our lives who are going to do that. We all know this verse, Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. God put us in community because God is in community. God is in community with himself. That's why we have the Trinity. Community is there for a reason, and we need other people. And hopefully our pride doesn't get in the way. Proverbs 13.10 in the NIV says, Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. I like pairing up these two ideas of having the role of counsel in our life and the call of character, call to character. Because it's very hard to listen to advice when we have blemishes in our character. It's very hard to listen to other people when we have these insecurities going on. And throughout scripture, 
we see this call to character. We see this call to integrity. Proverbs 28, 20 through 22 says this, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, but for a piece of bread, a man will do wrong. A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Proverbs is calling us to a high level of character and integrity in our lives. I enjoy a good underdog story. Can anybody relate with me? Nobody likes an underdog. Everybody likes the winner. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple. Thank you. I love stories that are underdog stories. You know, the nerd gets the girl and, you know, Hoosiers, right? Woo! <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, yeah. Underdog stories, yes? No? Okay. Uh, I want you to meet somebody of sorts. 14-year-old Ben. 14-year-old Ben just transferred over to his new public school where he was previously at a charter school with class sizes of like 20. And then I had a graduating class of 400. It's a very different environment. But I was making friends, yes. Uh, I did six seasons of cross country and nobody told me that running degenerates your muscle. I wish somebody had told me that. I was 14 years old, as tall as I am now, and a twig. It was so tiny. <laughs> Anyways, I, I enjoyed athletics. I did a lot of athletics. I, as soon as I got into high school, I, of course, went into wrestling because my muscles were small. And, uh, but we were at gym class, and we were, had free time. We were playing some basketball, five on five. It was great, really good game. The only problem was that uh, during this game, the, one of the people on my team was a ball hog. It, it was frustrating because he always had the ball and he was always shooting and he, always, uh, he was just always doing something that frustrated me. I was 14, it was normal. And uh, so anyways, the game ends, we win, he scored most of the points which makes it even more frustrating because uh, it just is. And, uh, you know, er, guys. Uh, and uh, I wanted to keep playing. Everybody else wanted to go do other things. Mike, he was also up for playing. I was like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. Hey, let's, uh, let's have a little one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah? You want to do that? Looks at me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess, sure. Now, remember, 14-year-old Ben, twig. I like underdog stories. This was not an underdog story. This was a tragedy. <laughs> Mike, six foot three, on the varsity basketball team, nobody told Ben, uh, it was brutal. That's all that it was. There was nothing pretty about any of that. And I got destroyed. <laughs> I learned that day that basketball is not my sport. 
So why do I tell you that? Just like my talent was exposed on the court, our character gets exposed on the court of life. We're going to encounter situations where our character is called into question. And our level of character, our strength of our character is equivalent to our ability to reflect Christ. The strength of our character is equivalent to our ability to reflect Christ. Our character is one of the biggest things that God uses to impact the world around us. We are called to be different. We are called to live a life of integrity. We are called to live with a high level of character. In Isaiah 33, 15, it says, He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, who despises the gain of oppressions, who shakes his hand lest they hold a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on evil. And in Proverbs 27, 19, uh, it says this, and I'm going to read a couple different versions here. It says, as in water, face reflects face. So the heart of man reflects the man. In the NIV, it says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Another way of saying it is that, or others reflect your heart back to you. Our true character, character will always be exposed. It will always be put out there because we're going we're gonna to have situations in our life where we're going to be called to act in something that has integrity or to go about a crooked way. We have these options. They come at us at all moments, and sometimes when we're not paying attention, we could end up going the wrong way. So we have to be intentional about our character. We have to be intentional about our integrity. We have to make it a point to grow it and to just move in the wisdom of God. We need to see our character the way God sees it. I clearly had a misunderstanding of my talent in basketball. Mike, he, he was the real deal. He knew what was happening, and he could see right through my talent. He was like, all right, well, that's fine, that's fine. We're going to do this, and just destroyed me. Sometimes God sees, God will always see our character, we have to take it upon us to ask God, what do you see in me? Because we can't always see the full picture. I, I like this verse in Psalms where it says, examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. We may not always like what God sees, but he is gracious and merciful. He knows exactly what you need to hear in the moment. He knows exactly where you're at in your walk He's not just going to destroy you, but he is going to challenge you. He's going to grow you. He's going to move you to a place where you need to be for the next step. God is always about growth. He's always about this moving forward and having enough so that you're always dependent on God. That's, that's where you need to be. Dependency is the opposite of pride. 
One of the interesting things that we always get confused is this idea of what is character and what is reputation. Our reputation has the ability to hide our character. I, my, when I was in uh, my old church, I had my internship with my youth pastor. Um, he had been a youth pastor for a number of years. Uh, and so he was telling me stories of previous interns. And he told me the story of his first intern, who was a, a graduate from Bible school, um, was awesome with kids, did a, a phenomenal job, ended up getting married right after his internship, graduated, jumped into the ministry, um, and six months later, he was divorced, he was out of the ministry, and he was off doing whatever else. And so I obviously had the question, why does that happen? Is it character. Character is where it counts. Our integrity is where it counts. And it will last far longer than your reputation ever will. If we have a reputation that exceeds our character, we're prone to fall. Second point. Our character keeps us safe, just like counsel, it provides guardrails to keep us from harm. There's a number of verses in Proverbs, and I'm, I'm going to read through them real quick here, uh, starting in 28:18. says, "Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall." In 11:3, it says, "The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them." In 13:6. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. In 11.5, the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. And in 10.9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So we have this dichotomy of two different people, one that's choosing uh, a way of integrity, a way of righteousness, a way of character, and the other that is crooked and wicked. The difference is that over here, we have that character and integrity will guard, it will deliver, it will guide us, it will keep his way straight, and we'll be able to walk securely in our life. On the other side, we have that it destroys it suddenly falls, and it fails, and we're obviously found out. We have these two choices. Proverbs obviously has an opinion on which one you need to go to. Sometimes it's uh, not that easy to see in our life, and that's why we need counsel to see which way should I be going. The third point here. So we cannot address our character without talking about our testing. Character is built through testing. And in Proverbs 17, 3, it says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the heart. 27, 21, uh, it changes it a little bit. And it says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. We cannot hide our character from God. He knows who we are on the inside. He knows exactly who we are. We can't hide it. Um, and God obviously 
tests us in the middle of it. Um, suffering is part of life. Testing is part of life. It's going to happen. We've all gone through periods of our life where we felt like we're not going to make it. Uh, this is too hard. You know, you, the bills are piling up. Uh, I've got a raccoon in my attic. Uh, I've got so many things going on, so many people pulling on all my strings right now that I feel stretched thin. We've all been in those moments. We've all been in those moments where things just don't seem right. And yet those are the moments that we're growing our integrity, we're growing in our character, and we're getting closer to God because of it. Testing will happen. And our trials and sufferings help to purify our character. I was reading the other day and uh, I was going through some more Oswald Chambers. Um, and I had one of those moments where I just felt like, uh, this seems like too much. Uh, but when I was reading, it was perfect. Uh, he was saying, you can always recognize who has been through the fires of sorrow and received himself and you know that you can go to him in your moment of trouble and find that he has plenty of time for you. If you will receive yourselves in the fire of sorrow, God will make you nourishment for other people. There is this balance between counsel and character. Uh, we are obviously in connection with one another. Our community is impacted by our character. And other people have influence over us. Whether we like it or not, it, it happens. Um, and hopefully, the way that God has built our community, has built the purpose of community, is to sharpen one another. It's to grow our character. It's to grow each other. It's to uh, build these things up. And so as we end for tonight, we're going to end a little early. Um, I want us to take a moment, and if you would write something down uh, where your character has been called into question or your character... Um, you need advice in something. If you would just write that down. You don't have to share it with anybody. Take a moment. If you're, if you're going through something in your life right now, write it down real quick and just be praying about that. Praying about that so that something in your life will pop up throughout this week. Okay? So we take a, a couple minutes to do that and then we're going to end. Father God, I just uh, thank you for tonight. I thank you that you have... Uh, brought us all together um, to learn more about you, to learn more about uh, your wisdom, and uh, that we would take our character uh, very seriously, that we would take it um, in stride, that we would grow and we would learn in you. Um, bring people around us uh, who are wise. Bring people around us who uh, have that experience in our life that can speak into us, God. And uh, we just pray uh, for a great week, that you would give us wisdom into each and every decision that we're making. In your name, amen. Thank you, guys.